Compassion for God and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching our region and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. This is Crosswinds Church. And now, here's Pastor Kurt Truxas. But every Christmas, there are some people who just miss Christmas. It's through a variety of reasons. Sometimes people are serving in our military and they're overseas and they're away from their family at Christmas time. Other times people are traveling and as they're traveling either through weather or flight delays, they end up getting stuck in an airport celebrating Christmas instead of with their family. Those are some of the logistical reasons why people may miss Christmas at this time of the year. But tonight we're gonna learn that there's a couple other subtle reasons. Subtle reasons that people like you and me can easily miss Christmas as well. See, as Christians, we know that Christmas is actually a time where we celebrate Christ's birth. We know it's the time where we celebrate that God, the Son, humbled himself to take on flesh in the womb of Mary, to fuse himself forever with a human body. He lived the perfect life. He died on a cross in our place uh, for our sin, and then when he died, he rose to new life. And as Christians, we know that by simple faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven by Jesus. And we are given new life by Jesus. That's why we celebrate Jesus' birth. That's why we celebrate the coming of Christ at Christmas. We've been in the study of the book of Hebrews through the month of December here at Crosswinds, and one of the things we learned in our study is that Jesus Christ is great. He's greater than anything God has ever done in the past. In fact, he is so great, there is nothing greater that God could even do for us in the future other than what he has already done for us through Jesus Christ. We can't be any more blessed than we already are through God's own Son. And that's why we celebrate Christmas and Jesus' birth. But you know, sometimes at Christmas, Jesus can easily get lost. He can get lost in traditions and all the other things that we often do with Christmas. He can get sort of buried and, and easily forgotten. Let me show you what I mean by some of the traditions that we often have that are associated with Christmas. Many of those actually have nothing to do with Christ, and they can distract us from Christ. Here are some examples. For instance, let's start with the day we celebrate Christmas, tomorrow, December 25th. Does anybody know why Christmas is celebrated on that day? Actually, it goes back to around the year 350 A.D., at that time, the leader of the church in Jerusalem wrote a letter to the leader of the church in Rome saying, hey, we want to make a, a regular yearly celebration of the birth of Jesus, but we just don't know when he was born. When should we celebrate his birth? And the leader of the church in Rome wrote back, uh, we'll celebrate it December 25th. And it's been celebrated on that date ever since then. But the question quickly becomes, why did he choose December 25th? In fact, from everything we can tell in the Bible, it doesn't seem like Jesus was actually born in December or that he was born in the winter. So why go with December 25th? You see, in Rome, 
December was a month which had a lot of pagan holidays that were celebrated in it. In particular, there is one called the holiday of Saturnalia. At the sort of the darkest time of the winter, people would throw festivities and parties to the god of Saturn, who was the god of crops, in anticipation of the thaw, of the planting, and, and the spring. So that was the big holiday that was taking place in Rome in the month of December. And the leader of the Church of Rome said, why don't we celebrate Christ's birth at that time? Sort of to compete with it and give Christians something to celebrate besides a pagan festival, Saturnalia. But the leader of the church in Rome knew that it wasn't just Saturnalia that was celebrated in the month of December in Rome. He knew that December was also a big pagan month of celebration in many other places as well. In fact, if you look north into Europe, into Germany, December was the time when the festival of Yule was celebrated, which was a festival of worship to the gods of Odin and Thor. Interestingly, Yule celebration has still made its way back into modern-day Christmas. You ever heard of the Yuletide log? Now you know where it comes from. The leader of the church in Rome knew that if you went over to what would be modern-day England, December was a, a major month where the Druids had many celebrations. And as part of that Druidic celebration, the, the priests would go up the oak trees and they would cut off this stuff called mistletoe that they would bring down and they would put into doorways. And if two people walked through the doorway at the same time, they were supposed to embrace each other as a sign of friendship, even if they didn't like each other. Now you know where mistletoe comes from. It actually has nothing to do with Christ and Christmas. It actually comes from a Druidic festival and a Druidic background. What about evergreens? How did evergreens get associated with Christmas? The honest truth, if you go all the way back, evergreens were part of the Saturnalia festival in Rome. And they were sort of borrowed by the Christians and incorporated that way. In fact, the evergreens uh, that were decorated like we decorate our trees, that was originally part of the Saturnalia festival as well. But Christians borrowed it and imported it, and actually the first indoor Christmas tree was the, took place in the year 1441 in a monastery in Estonia. In the 1600s, it was Martin Luther who first actually put lights on a tree. He put candles on a tree. And then... It was actually German soldiers who went to Quebec to defend Quebec during the American Civil War that brought over the idea of a Christmas tree to our country. And it's been here ever since. Well, those are some of the ways that uh, pagan festivals have sort of made its way into our Christmas celebrations. But you know, it's also gone the other way, where uh, Christian practices have been sort of paganized over time, and we've lost sight of their roots. One of those is called Santa Claus, or Saint Nicholas. Did you know the original Saint Nicholas was a bishop in Asia Minor? He lived from the year 270 to the year 343, and he was famous for his generosity to people in need, famous especially for his generosity towards children. In fact, there was even a day where he was celebrated as a saint, December 6th, called St. Nicholas's Day. 
And how do we get from him to the modern-day Santa Claus? Well, actually, that begins with the Dutch, just for some interesting trivia. The Dutch uh, would celebrate St. Nicholas's Day on December 6th. They would tell their children to put their wooden shoes outside on the porch, and St. Nicholas would put presents inside of their shoes. And uh, in Dutch, St. Nicholas is pronounced Sinterklaas, which then becomes known as today modern Santa Claus. How did uh, Santa Claus end up in a big red jumpsuit with a bunch of reindeer? That actually goes back to a guy named Clement Moore. He was actually, um, he actually wrote a poem, if I believe it was in the year 1823, called Twas the Night Before Christmas. And in that poem, he talked about Santa Claus with reindeer in the North Pole and coming down the chimney. And that's how the modern-day Santa was, was sort of brought around into Christmas. Let me give you one more example of a Christmas tradition that sort of has some strange roots. How about Christmas cards? You know how they got the beginning? They actually began in London with a man named Henry Cole, who was an owner of an art studio who was looking for a way to make money during the Christmas season. So he decided to do little paintings, little portraits that he would sell for people to give to their friends. Now, interestingly, you know what the original Christmas cards looked like? They were all drinking and parties, partying scenes. Christ wasn't even on them. Now, I say all this, just to tell you that our modern-day Christmas is simply, it's really a lot of a grab bag of different traditions. Some of them pagan that have come into a modern-day American celebration. Some of them originally Christian celebrations like St. Nicholas's Day that have been sort of uh, just become cultural things. There's so many of these Christian traditions that it's easy. It's easy for Christ to get buried. It's easy even for Christians to sort of forget that this is the day when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the birth of our Lord. Christmas is about Christ. Now that doesn't mean that those other Christmas traditions are necessarily bad or wrong, but we have to remember who the main point of the holiday is. Well, it's not just us who sometimes can miss Christ at Christmas. If you go back to the very first Christmas, you find in the Christmas story a number of characters who missed Christmas as well. Let me show you. Let me read for you Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
I think the first person to miss Christmas was the innkeeper. There he had in his midst a very pregnant woman with her husband, but he said that he had no room for her, and they had to find someplace else where she would give birth. And the text would seem to insinuate that it was a sort of lonely birth, almost a a scary birth. It says she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped swaddling clothes around him. She laid him in the manger. And I was thinking about that. Where's Joseph? Maybe he had gone to get help. Where are the midwives? They weren't there. Where was that innkeeper who could have provided so much needed help? Certainly wasn't there. Apparently, Mary may have given birth to Jesus by herself. Now, where was Jesus born? Was he born in a stable? Some people think he was born in a stable. That's what we see on Christmas cards. Some people believe he was born in a cave because by Bethlehem there is a number of caves. In fact, the church of the nativity is actually built over a cave where it's claimed that Jesus is born. But quite honestly, we don't know for sure if Jesus was born in a stable or if he was born in a cave. Also, we hear that Jesus, uh, there's no room for him in the inn. We often think about that as sort of like an ancient version of, version of Holiday Inn. There was no room for him there. But the word inn could mean guest room. So that may actually what have happened is that Mary and Joseph came to their own relatives. And their own relatives had no room for them. Well, well we don't know if it was a stable or if it was a cave. We don't know if it was their relatives or just the ancient version of a Holiday Inn. One thing we do know, that the innkeeper missed that first Christmas. Why did the innkeeper miss the first Christmas when he had the opportunity to be there at Christ's birth? And I'll tell you why. He was busy. He was busy with hospitality. Remember, the census had brought all kinds of people into that community, and he was busy serving their needs, so he ended up missing Christmas. You know, many of us today are sort of like modern innkeepers, aren't we? We're busy at Christmas time, busy with hospitality of family and friends coming in, with cookies to bake, with Christmas dinner to make, uh, presents to buy, things to wrap, holiday parties to go to, we end up so busy that we can miss Christmas as well. I just want to say to you, if you're resonating with what I just said tonight, you've been so busy this holiday season with all the hospitality and gifts and wrappings that go with it, I want to just encourage you tonight, tonight, even as we do some final songs after the message, that you would pause, that you would take the time to worship Jesus from the bottom of your heart. Thank God for sending his own son, that by your simple faith in him, you can be forgiven of all your sins forever, 
And the Bible describes you literally as the most blessed beings in the universe, not because of who you are, but because of what Christ did for you. If that doesn't drive worship out of your heart this Christmas season, I don't know what else would. Well, while the innkeeper missed that first Christmas, there's another typical Christmas story character who missed it as well. And that person's name is Herod. Let me read for you a little bit about him from the Christmas story. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled at all Jerusalem with him. Then we jump to verse 7. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Herod pretended to be interested in wanting to worship Jesus at his birth, but he was just pretending. We all know that. Herod was actually committed to bumping Jesus off at his birth because Herod didn't want any other king competing for his throne. As far as Herod was concerned, he was the only one who should be king in his universe. Now, why did Herod want to bump off Jesus, even though he was just a little baby? Let me give you some background on Herod. Herod actually wasn't even a Jew. He was an Edomite. But because of his close associations with Rome, Rome trusted him and they made him king, king of over Judea, king of the Jews. And Herod knew that was not his rightful job nor his rightful place. And he was very scared of anyone who would begin to challenge his power. Let me give you some of Herod's background. Some of you know that Herod had 10 wives and 12 children. One of his most famous wives was a woman named Miriam. She had a brother named Aristobulus. Aristobulus was the chief priest. And as Aristobulus became more popular with the people, Herod became more insecure in his position. He invited Aristobulus over the house for a party, a little pool party. And when Aristobulus dove into the pool, Herod was making, made sure his security guards kept him under, and so he drowned. He bumped him off. But it wasn't just Aristobulus he bumped off. He bumped off one of his wives that he thought would be a threat to his power. He bumped off one of his wives' mothers that would, he thought would be a threat to his power. Then he bumped off two of his own sons that he thought would be a threat to his power. So when Herod heard that... <laughs> The king of the Jews had been born who was just a baby. What do you think his natural reaction was? Time to bump somebody off. Somebody who could be a threat to my power. You see, in Herod's mind, the only person who could be king, the only person who could be in charge of his life was him. And that's why he missed Christmas. But you know, there's a lot of people tonight who are actually just like Herod. 
oh, yeah, they pretend to be interested in Jesus' birth. They pretend to celebrate the joy of Christmas. But when push comes to shove, really, they're the ones that want to be in charge of their world. They don't want Jesus in charge of their life because they want to be in charge of their own life. Oh, maybe they want Jesus to save them from hell. Maybe they want Jesus to help them out of a jam. But when it comes to making decisions about what is right and wrong and what they should do with their free time and what they should do with their life, it's really all about them. They're just like little Herods. Is that you tonight? Where you want to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but only on the outside, because on the inside, you're not celebrating the birth of your king? If that's you, I want to challenge you this Christmas to don't miss Christmas anymore. Invite Jesus to be the king of your heart. He's the one king that we can trust to actually rule, direct, and guide our life. Let me give you one more Christmas character. The chief priests and the scribes. Let me read about them. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd by people Israel. So when the wise men came to Herod and they asked him, where is this king of the Jews to be born? Herod just went to the big brain trust, the guys who always won the Bible trivia games, the chief priests and the scribes. He said, guys, where's this new king supposedly supposed to be born? And he, they said, well, it's from Micah 5.2. We got it right off the top of our head in Bethlehem. And the wise men were sent on their way. And as far as we can tell, the chief priests and the scribes never did anything else about it. But here's what the amazing thing is. Do you know how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem? Somewhere between two to five miles. It's a short walk. Really no farther than Milford is from Spirit Lake. But these chief priests and scribes never bothered to check out the birth of Jesus that took place right under their nose. You know, today there's a lot of people who are in the exact same position as those chief priests and scribes. They know enough of the Bible. They know the Christmas story. They know what Jesus has come to do. In fact, people are celebrating it right under their nose. But they've never bothered to take a little bit of time a little bit of effort to check out Jesus for themselves. They've never put some energy into finding out who Jesus is and what Jesus does. They've heard that he can forgive sins. They've heard that he can provide new life. They've heard that he can transform people into completely new creations. But they haven't done anything about discovering it for themselves. Is that you tonight? Are you in danger of missing Christmas because you've never actually pursued knowing Jesus for yourself? If that is you, I'd like to 
ask you to make sort of a New Year's resolution this year, real simple thing. Why don't you spend just five minutes a day trying to talk to Jesus in prayer? Just on your commute, five minutes with the radio off, the cell phone on do not disturb, just pouring your heart out to Jesus, our God. And then five days a week, take five chapters of the Bible and read it. And let God talk back to you. Five minutes of you talking to God and five chapters of God talking back to you. And you find out and you see if what we're all celebrating here at Christmas is true or not. That we celebrate the birth of our Savior who can come and change lives. So there's a lot of people who miss Christmas. There's people who miss Christmas because maybe they're um, in the army and they're away from their family and they can't be with them. Maybe they're stuck traveling and because of that they're stuck in an airport and can't be with their friends and family. But there's a lot of other people, people like you and me, who can subtly miss Christmas as well. All the traditions of Christmas get so busy in our world that it actually crowds Christ out of Christmas. All the hospitality of Christmas gets to be so busy and so frenetic, we're like a modern-day version of the innkeeper that we missed celebrating the birth of Christ because of so many things going on around us. Others of us are like Herod. We miss Christmas. We, we pretend we like Christmas, but we don't really celebrate the birth of Christ because we want to be in charge of our life. We don't want Jesus to be in charge of our life. And others of us are like the chief priests and the scribes. We know all the information about Christmas, but we've never actually bothered to check Jesus Christ out for ourselves. And if that is you, if you are like somebody who's like Herod, if you're like somebody who's like the chief priests, I just challenge you this Christmas season to stop and check out Christ, to trust him as your savior and let him be your king. And don't miss Christ for one more Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing plan to send your son. We want to confess that in the busyness of the season and with all the, the traditions and holidays that go with the season, it's, we find it so easy to miss you. It's so hard to slow down. It's so hard to pray. And it's so hard to worship you from the bottom of our heart with gratitude for what you have done. I pray that this Christmas would be different. It wouldn't be a Christmas where we miss worshiping and celebrating our Savior's birth. Amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. More of Pastor Kurt's sermons can be found online at ChristToOurCulture.com. Thanks for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.